lace him up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEI.com's DJ Bean. Welcome back to Sunday Skate, hour number two. Second hour is the best hour, as they say, with this with this show. You can jump on to WEI.com, click on the bottom left there on the side, and you can jump into the live chat. Um, we've got got a Finland chatter, having some discussion about Brad Marshan in there, so that's some, some fun stuff. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Mark Diver of the Providence journal at, at some at some point uh this uh this segment about frank petrano colin miller all the guys nolachari uh, nolachari who has come up and been a pretty good piece for them on the, the the fourth line there and uh maybe even some butch cassidy talk absolutely it's gonna be a pretty wild time so looking forward to doing that i realized yesterday that for some reason we still haven't had him on the the show and mark diver for uh those of you who aren't familiar with his work. He's like the hockey person for the province journal. So he's always around the P Bruins and he breaks a lot of stories regarding call ups and just stuff that's going on down there. So my former boss. So really? He was, he is the assistant sports editor at the province journal. So when I was at the journal, he was the assistant sports editor. And, and when I, when I left, he started doing more hockey stuff, but Mark's Mark's the best when it comes to, to hockey and he just loves the game and it's so much fun to talk hockey with him and it's glad yeah. glad he's glad he's covering his God much bless him for putting up with you right <laughs> yes well, well he I'm sure there were plenty of nights where he had to read my copy and think oh God really I gotta read this garbage again don't right so so you just said the opposite you you, you never throw your editors under the bus you just threw yourself under the Absolutely. bus which is the move to do yep no so doubt very good on, good on you uh, Mark Diver does join us now. On the AT and T expert hotline, Mark, how are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Glad to do it. So, first question: What was it like to have to work with Joey Mack? <laughs> it was a pleasure working with Joey uh, Mack. I never, I never said bad things about his uh, about his work ever. To my face, but when I, when I left, then that was the big well, joke yeah. around the office. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Mark, 32 goals in 32 games for Frank Vitrano. He was called up on an emergency recall, uh, but they didn't want to burn one of their real post-trade deadline call-ups, so he's back in Providence now, and as I said, 32 and 32. Uh, are there any? Is there anything left for him to do, for him to accomplish, for him to work on at the AHL level, or is it just a joke at this point? Well, I think, uh, you know, somebody uh, once said, I, I forget who it was, that you can never spend too much time in the, in the American Hockey League uh, if you're a young hockey, hockey player. I think that applies to Frankie. Uh, there's other parts of his game besides the offense that, that, he, uh, that he needs to work on, and, and he's been making great progress, uh, you know, in the last uh, couple of months on those things. So I, I, don't, think it, uh, I don't think it hurts him uh, to be down here. Um, but on the other hand, I, I don't think he'll, honestly, I don't think he'll be down here, uh, that much longer. I, his, uh, 
you, you just can't ignore what he what he's doing here and the, the kind of scoring he's doing. Uh, I think he'll uh, he'll be up. You, I mean, you also cover the the Boston Bruins as well. We see all the time at the Garden. At this point, I know that that he might have hit something of a, of a wall. I want to say he, so. He scored goals in four of thirty games in the NHL, which I mean, it, for for a guy's first taste of the NHL, that's still pretty good. But, I mean, he wasn't the dominant player that he is at the AHL level. But at this point, would you say, if he were to come back up, that he would make more of an impact than guys like Conley or, or Jimmy Hayes have to this point? Well, I think uh, I kind of think he would. The physical part, he's not as big as those guys. He's not going to be uh, the grinding part of the game that uh, that they uh, theoretically uh, provide. He's, he's not uh, going to be the first guy uh, on that, but He's uh, his play down here has improved uh, from when he was in Boston before. I believe uh, his uh, his getting in on the forecheck is uh, is, is faster. He's, his pace is picked up even from the start of the year. I I, I think he's. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a place for him up there. Mark, last week or two weeks ago on this show, uh, DJ, myself, and Pete were talking about Nolachari and. And I had said that uh, what fans are seeing from this kid is what they're going to see uh, no matter where he plays, whether it's in Providence, whether it's in Boston. Uh, you've covered him for a long time. Just what type of person and player is, is Nola Chari, and what should fans expect from this, from this kid moving forward? Well, I think we saw last night uh, that was vintage Noel uh, to me. Um, now, if you read uh, you read my tweets and and my uh, my writing, I'm the world's biggest Noel fan. No question, uh, you know, outside maybe members of his family. Uh, <laughs> I think the kid is tremendous. Uh, but last night, his his physical play, his his grit, his uh, all of that stuff. That's Noel. Uh, he brings it every night, every shift, at home, on the road. Coaches love him because they know what they're going to get from him. I think uh, I think he's going to be the fourth line center for a long time in Boston. What was the uh, the tweet? Speaking of your tweets and your writing, uh, and I don't want to ruin it for you, so I'll let you tell it. But I think it was either last night or this morning. You had a tweet about what uh, what each coach the last two years have said about yeah yeah. So what what was it? Well, last spring I remember Nate Lehman when when Noel signed with the Bruins. Nate said, well, as soon as Bruce Cassidy gets to know Noel, he's going to love him. So fast forward six months uh, to uh, Butch Cassidy in in November, December, you know, sometime a a few weeks into the season, once he got got to see Noel in action, he said almost the exact thing, same thing. Wait till Claude gets to know Noel, he's going to love him. And I think we're seeing uh, over the last little while that Claude uh, is uh, starting to starting to uh, uh, really like uh, Noel's play. And last night, I think the physical play, the body checks he's throwing, the, the, he's so strong on his stick. You know, that's Noel. That's it right there. Long term, um, if he is to become this team's fourth line center going forward, the opportunity comes. Uh at the expense, maybe, of Alexander Koklachev, uh, why do you feel, I mean, I know that you're a big Koklachev guy. We've discussed him him a lot just uh, when we're around the press box. 
Why do you feel it hasn't happened with him in Boston to this point? And given that he's an RFA at the end of the season, given that it now looks like they've kind of given the only available slot there, uh, at least in the middle, to Achari, uh, do you think that, that maybe his days are numbered with this organization? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't trade him at the before the trade deadline. Um, I don't know why it hasn't worked for Coco in Boston, uh, but clearly it hasn't. He He's a different player in the American League than he is when he comes up to Boston. I don't know if it's – I think part of it is the role that they use him in. He, he's not a – he's a top six guy up here, if not a top line uh, guy uh, in Providence. And in Boston, he's been more of a – you know he's not going to be a he's not going to be replacing Bergeron or Krejci. Uh, he, he's going to be on the fourth, third, or fourth line, and it's a different role, not really suited to him. He's not a big physical uh, player, although he's certainly not afraid. I think you know maybe some people get the wrong idea about him. He's he's not afraid one bit. Uh, you know when the when the play gets gets tough, but uh, it just hasn't worked and. The Bruins have, uh, you know, tried to trade him a couple of times going back a couple of years, and uh, and uh, it didn't happen. But uh, I'd be very surprised if he's back uh, under contract with Boston next year. I think he'll be someplace else. Why do you think but that? I think at, at that, I've said this before. I think he's going to be a productive NHL player for a long time once he uh, once he breaks through. Why do you think that sort of adjustment worked for a guy like Spooner? Because I remember we said the same thing about Spooner. Like, he wasn't going to be able to make any sort of impact unless Bergeron or Krejci got hurt and he had to play with those other top six guys for an extended stretch, and that ends up obviously happening for for Spooner. But, I mean, Spooner has ended up nestling in as a a nice third-line player. Uh, Is is there a, a quality to his game or anything? I mean, Spooner's a quote-unquote, softer player than Koklachev is, so you would think that maybe that would have suited Koklachev more than it suits Spooner. Yeah, but Spooner is a much faster skater than Koko. Koko's not a slow skater, but he's not in Spooner's class when it when it comes to speed. And I think uh, you take away Spooner's speed, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure he's, uh, he's where he is uh, at this point. I, I think that's the big difference is the speed. Coco doesn't have that. He does. He's not a burner. He, he's plenty fast enough, but he's not a he's not a burner like uh, in in Spooner's uh, class. What kind of uh, of role has his Colin Miller had since since getting back down there? Well, uh, Colin Miller, I thought uh, I was very impressed with him last season when uh, when he was with Manchester on a on a very strong team. Uh, the thing about Colin Miller is, you know, he's the classic kind of defenseman who keeps both teams in the game because uh, when he has the puck, he's great, but when he's on defense, he, you know, not so, not so good. And I think that's continued a bit down here. He gets his numbers. He's, he's terrific on offense, but on defense, he, he, uh, he's still got a lot of things to work on. And also, uh, for those who don't know that Mark also covers the Providence College Friars. Uh, Mark, they obviously had a, a tough loss the other night. What yep. what was your take on that game winning goal in triple overtime? I know you know the, what the rule is, but what what was your opinion on that goal? Does it count? 
Should it have counted? Uh, I, I got to say, I think it should count. The rule, it's a bad rule. Uh, you know, if you don't, they got to change the rule if, or, uh, you know, you're going to get calls like that. Uh, the kid knew what he was doing, uh, but I don't think that's against the rules as, as the rules written right now. Uh, there was no distinct, I didn't see a distinct kicking motion there. No. So it's a tough one, tough one for PC to swallow, but hey, that's, uh, the rule is the rule. Uh, so they'll, they'll go on from here. So where, where do they go now? Is that being announced today? Yeah, it'll be announced, uh, around noon today. Uh, a lot of, uh, people who know more about the process than I do, uh, are saying that, uh, they're, they're headed for Worcester maybe, which would be, uh, which would be tremendous. What, what do you, yeah, from, from a travel standpoint, yeah, no doubt. What do you think their chances are of, uh, of getting back to the finals and, and maybe even uh, possibly repeating? They have a, very, uh, a good chance of getting back to the finals, I think, as good a chance as anybody. Uh, they, uh, somewhat surprisingly, they, they're after the, the guys they lost, John Gillies, Noel Achari, Ross Maurerman, really the, uh, the spine of last year's team in a lot of ways. Uh, they're very good this season. They're very good. And uh, in fact, I, I mentioned this on Friday night to a couple of people up there that they lost their star defenseman, Jake Wallman, uh, to a shoulder injury. If they had Jake Wallman, uh, you know, they're better than last season's team, in my opinion. Uh, but they don't. Uh, so they, they got to, uh, they got to overcome that. But uh, I, they have a good chance. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to guarantee that it's going to happen, hmm. but they uh, they are very good. They are very well coached. Uh, I, I uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, they were playing in Tampa in the uh, in the Frozen Four in a, in a month or so. Who is the next Nola charity to come out of that team? Because you, you hear that a lot that there are some guys on that team that uh, could kind of follow in the same the same footsteps as Noel. Who's that guy this season? Well, Brandon Tanev, uh, a guy who's getting a lot of a lot of free agent attention from uh, NHL teams, have been coming in all uh, all winter. There's scouts at Schneider Arena watching, uh, you know, watching Brandon Tanev. He uh, he projects as a bottom six winger in uh, in the NHL. He he's the fastest guy I've seen this season in. The American League, Hockey East, the ECAC, he, he just, he can fly. And uh, he plays with, uh, he, he plays right on the edge. He's a little bit reckless at times with his with his physical play. Uh, he's not a particularly big guy, maybe 190, 5'11", 6 feet, 190, something along those lines. But he plays with an incredible pace and uh, just, uh like I said, on the edge, uh, physically, that uh, I would think, and then, you know, the NHL guys I've talked to think, too, that he projects as a, as a perfect, maybe fourth-line, uh, banging, four-checking kind of, uh, kind of player. I, I think he's going to have a lot of NHL offers uh, in a couple of weeks when their season is over. Mark, I'll wrap it up with this. I mean, we've, we've asked and we've, we've discussed Frank Vitrano a, a lot in this conversation, but... Uh... Lest we forget uh, the guy that has played on his right a lot this season, Seth Griffith. He's been up and down with the Bruins over the last 
couple seasons. I mean, I think that Bruins fans get the sense that he's kind of been around forever. This is still just his third professional season. What kind of ceiling or even role do you see him having uh, with the, the Bruins, whether potentially this season or in the future? Do you think that he ends up getting a, a good look uh, as a, a, one of their right wings going forward? I don't know if he. I don't know if he does. I, I think what we saw from him last year, uh, in the time he was up, where he was capable of he and he is capable of scoring and some some very pretty goals. He, he's got terrific hands, and he sees the ice well. But somewhat similar to Coco, the pace of his game uh, needs to be better if he's going to be an NHL guy. Uh, he, he's not. He's not a burner, like I said with Coco. He's he's not uh, one of those guys that flies up and down the ice. He uh, he slows the game down a bit when he has the puck. Uh, that works in the American Hockey League. He's uh, he's right up there. I think he's three points behind uh, Chris Bork uh, as the top scorer. But uh, Chris's been hurt a while, so he's missed some games. But uh, you know the. People have described him as a as a tweener, a guy who's you know too good for the American League, not quite good enough for the NHL. And uh, I, I, based on what I've seen to this point, I'd I have to agree with that. Now, can he uh, can he uh, pick up a step or you know do something to to solve that? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, uh, he's still young. Uh, and, and we'll see. I, I I don't know if he can do it. I I'd like to see him do it. He's a great kid, uh, but I don't know if he if he if he will. Interesting. And on 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 Subban is, are you hearing the kind of status quo remains out indefinitely? Yeah. Uh, although I have heard that he might get back on the ice uh, in the not too uh, distant future. Um, I think I don't think there have been any issues with his recovery from that uh, larynx uh, fracture. Um, I know he has his he got his voice back, uh, so uh, that's so promising. That's uh, but uh, I will he play again this season? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to be very careful. Um, but if his recovery the recovery goes on. Uh, on uh, schedule and and Providence can make a, a playoff run. Uh, you might see him back in there. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I mean, it's it's been an interesting season for him. He had, it seems at least that he's kind of taken that step that a lot of people were were hoping for him to eventually take. Yeah, he uh, he was playing very well at the at the time of his injury. Um, you know, it's been he was not was not good at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Now he had an injury. Some kind of lower body injury. I'm not really sure what it was that uh, that took him out of out of the mix early on. Uh, he struggled at the start, but then he uh, he picked it up and he he was playing very well. Um, one thing that was interesting to me was that they've had when he was struggling, they had uh, Bob Asensa, uh, the gold coach, down here a lot more often than uh, mm. than he has been in the past. And that's continued uh, till to this point. Uh, Zane McIntyre has also struggled. Uh, you know, he's a first-year pro. Uh, the, the transition into the pro game is—it's not easy for goalies. Uh, and he, 
he struggled at times, but goalie Bob's been down here uh, a lot working with those guys, and I think it's paid off. Uh, Malcolm got his game back on track, and, and Zane uh, Zane shows signs that uh, that he's going to be fine too. So uh, it's been interesting to watch that uh, the fact that Boston, uh, you know, I think is investing more in developing development of the young players uh, than. When I uh, when I first started covering the team, it was just the two coaches, and that was it. Uh, hmm. Once in a while, there'd be a skills and skating guy there, but now it's much more uh, detailed than that. There's uh, Jay Pandolfo's there all the time. Kim uh, Branvold, the the skills guy, is there mm-hmm. three three days a week. Uh, Boston clearly has put more emphasis on the development of the young players than than they have in uh, in the past. Interesting. Well, it'll be. Uh be interesting to see how many of these guys again end up getting uh, implemented into the, the future of this this team, both this season and uh, beyond. Mark Diver of the Province Journal, thank you very much for joining us. This has been great. Anytime, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark. That's Mark Diver of the Providence Journal. We'll discuss some of what he had to say. It sounds like maybe some potentially positive news on Malcolm Subban for, for this season. And we'll continue to take your call, 617-779-7937. It's Sunday Skate on WEI.